What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's Thursday, June 8th. Do you know what day it is? It's today in Sports Bag. Did you see that NBA game tonight? An unbelievable performance by the Nuggets, by Jokic, by Murray. Interesting day on the diamond, and lots to look forward to tomorrow. Welcome to Today in Sports Betting. I'm your host, Doug Reed, and as always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug underscore Reed 34. This is Sports Ethos presentation, and if you haven't checked us out already, please go to our website at sportsethos.com. You can find a litany of information there, podcasts, free information on wagering, DFS, fantasy sports across all the major sports. You can also get our packages, very reasonable. I'm part of the wagering group and you can get very reasonable packages uh, for all for all those angles as well. Wagering, uh, DFS, and fantasy. Before we get into the games... Um, and this historic NBA game tonight. Let's do a little walk down memory lane for June 8th in sports history. 1968, Don Drysdale pitched 50, his 58th scoreless inning, setting a record um, in Major League Baseball. It was broken 20 years later by Oral Hershiser, who actually pitched 59 scoreless innings. Uh, another Dodger, but Drysdale pitched his 58th scoreless inning on this date in 1968. The next year, 1969, Mickey Mantle uh, gives his farewell speech at Yankee Stadium, and his number seven is retired. One of the greats, not just of the Yankees, but the greats of all time. In 1977, Nolan Ryan pitched his fourth career 19 strikeout game in a 2-1 win over Toronto. 19 strikeouts. When's the last time we saw anything near that? A number of years, and it was his fourth of his career. In 19, how about this one? Interesting kind of fun uh, story. I'd never heard this story before, but in researching this day in sports history, I think this is hilarious. 
1989, Pittsburgh Pirates scored 10 runs in the first inning. 10 runs, so they're up 10-0. The Pirates announcer, Jim Rocker, says he will walk from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia, who the uh, the Pirates are playing, they're playing the Phillies, if the Pirates lose. So they're up 10-0 in the first inning. He says if they lose, he will walk from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia. Well, I think you know where this is going, because I wouldn't be talking about this if it wasn't going somewhere. Yes, the Phillies come back and win. So the, the Pirates lose 15-11. They score 10 runs. They get outscored 15-1 to the rest of the game. And after the season, to his credit, Jim Rocker walked from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia. Just a fun kind of story. Uh, in 1992, the New York Yankees' Steve Howe was banned from baseball for the seventh time. Um, obviously, some... Uh, drug issues there, some drug use, a uh, bit of a sad story, but interesting. I uh, wonder how that would play in today's game. Don't think he would get his seventh chance. In 2001, after he won the Stanley Cup for the first time, Ray Bork retired. Played his entire career with the Boston Maroons, got traded to Colorado. They won the Stanley Cup. He was an integral part of that team, and he retired on this date in 2001. 2018, a little more current, uh, the Golden State Warriors win their third title in four years with a 108-85 win over the Cleveland Cavaliers to sweep that series for nothing. So a little bit of history. I still love that Pirates story. I've never heard that Pirates story before, and I think that's hilarious. Uh, they got up 10 runs there and now it's just that I will walk to Philadelphia if they come back. And um, what are the chances? What are the chances? You're up 10 runs and you lose 15 to 11. Anyways, fun story. So tonight, uh, or um, on Wednesday, the Denver Nuggets took a 3-1, or sorry, 2-1 series lead uh, in the NBA Finals, went back to Miami, tied 1-1, and won 109-94, wasn't really a close game. Obviously, they won by 15, covered the spread. Spread opened at about one, one and a half. I got it at minus two. Sorry, opened at minus one, one and a half. I got it at minus two. They get close about minus three, maybe even not minus three and a half. And the total is about 215. So the Nuggets well over that spread, one by 15, and the total 203. So it went well under. But the interesting thing here is uh, Jokic goes for. 32 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists, so a triple-double. Jamal Murray goes for 34 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists for a triple-double. So, both guys go for a triple-double. And why this is historic is it's the first time in NBA Finals where two teammates have went for a triple-double where they scored over 30 points. Dominated the Heat. The Heat don't have an answer for Jokic. I said this game, this, this series is going six. I'm still going to stand by that. Uh, if you watch game one and game three, you think it's not even close. But uh, the X factor, as I've said all along, is the Heat have Eric Spolstra as their coach. And they're never done uh, with that guy running the show. So I think they'll still get another win. Is it next game? Is it uh, back in Denver? I'm not sure. I think they're. I think they got another win in them. Um, the next game opens up. Uh, it opened Denver, I think minus uh, three, 
and it's up to about minus three and a half now. Total two ten and a half. And I would actually back Denver at minus three, even minus three and a half. I think Spolstra could pull a game out here, uh, but the way the way they dominated tonight from a betting angle, I think you have to back Denver. Um, so I, I, I'm not on it yet, but I'd probably be on Denver. It's up to minus three and a half, I think, in most books. If you can get it minus three, I'd jump at minus three. Two ten and a half. Um, I haven't been really playing the totals in this series. If anything, I would look to the under. Uh, in the first three games, so Denver wins 104-93. Uh, they win by 11, totals 197. They cover the spread, and it went well under. Second game, Miami, who came in, I think, about an eight-point underdog, wins 111-108. So they won by three, clearly covered. 219 is a total, went over. And then today, the Heat closed at minus three, minus three and a half, and about 215 total. So they win by 15. They cover that and 203. They go well under the total. So I would lean to the Nuggets again. And 210.5 being the total, I'd probably lean to the under. Um. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I just think if Miami's going to win, they're going to have to slow it down. They're going to have to figure out how to slow down the big two, uh, especially Jokic. They haven't been able to do it. Limited them a little in, in game two, but I'm um, not really sure they can get there again. So... Uh, going to be an interesting game. Going to be an interesting game four uh, in Miami, and that is on Friday. Uh, after that, they take a, they take a two-day uh, two break, and they go back on Monday. And if needed, game six is on Thursday, and game seven would be next Sunday. Going to take a quick break. Going to get the NHL, and then going to hit the 11 games on the diamond. Stanley Cup Finals continue. Uh, tonight in Florida, where the Las Vegas Golden Knights come in two games to nothing, leading the series. Looking like the much better team. Won the first game 5 2. Won the next game 7 2. Was actually on the Knights' uh, puck line there, which basically means they have to win by two. It's minus one and a half. I think I got about a plus one, plus 190 on that, so quite happy with that. This game opens in Vegas at uh, plus 100, the home. Panthers are at minus 120. The total is six at about minus 110. But I think I would lean to the under. I think Florida's going to uh, realize is they can't play run and gun hockey. They're not going to outscore them. They have to slow things down. They have to grind things out. They have to stay out of the box, uh, not stir it up, uh, not give the Knights power play opportunities. And I think it's going to go under the six, but I would lean Vegas at plus 100. I think this is a coin flip game, and going back to Florida, everybody thinks the momentum is going back to the Panthers. Not really sure that's the case. Vegas has just shown they're a much better team. Uh, better offense and better goaltending. Bobrovsky's played great. Sure, he's given up a few goals. Can't really blame him on that, but um, has been shelled for, I mean, they're 
Vegas is basically outscoring 12-4 in the series. Neither game has really been all that close. So uh, I think a league Vegas plus 100 and probably going to lay something on that, but haven't got there yet. On to the diamond. 11 games on Thursday. It's an odd week. Uh, today, Wednesday, they had 15 games, and tomorrow, Thursday, there's 11 games. So the getaway days are not as uh, short as usual, but um, uh, it's a size slate. But I got to admit, kind of like on Wednesday, there's just not a lot of games I'm really on. There's just a lot of odd pitching matchups uh, of young guys coming up, and or not young guys, uh, unheralded pitchers and a lot of games with really short numbers, which I just can't get my head around. So we start at 12.35 in the East. The Dodgers continue their series with uh, Cincinnati. And you can get the road Dodgers at minus 225. The home Reds at plus 190. Total here is 10, juicy under minus 115. On the bump for the Dodgers is their ace, Clayton Kershaw, 69 and a third innings, 3.25 ERA, 1.1 whip. On the other side, Graham Ashcroft came up, had a few good starts. Everybody, especially if you're a fantasy player, was all over this guy. Uh, a lot of the pundits were hyping him, and he just hasn't really delivered. 62 and a third innings, 6.64 ERA, 1.6 whip, 28 walks. Way too many walks, giving up way too many runners. But uh, Kershaw has been hittable lately, and I just can't lay, especially in Cincinnati, I can't lay 225. And the road Dodgers are minus 140 on the run line. That just shows you that the market thinks um, that the Dodgers will definitely win and win easy. I'm just not there. Um Cincinnati's been playing well. They're kind of in a, not a rebuild mode, um, but they brought up their big prospect recently, and I think they're kind of, you know what, let's just go for it. And I don't know. I'm kind of back and forth in this game, but 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 the numbers are just too high. Obviously, Dodgers a win. Obviously, Kershaw is a better pitcher. Obviously, Ashcraft is struggling. But at two twenty minus two twenty five, like that is way too high. Uh, I've said this before. I don't think I've, I've ever laid that kind of number in a baseball bet. And the run line, yeah, they're on the road, so it's a run line is advantageous. But I'm not laying mo- minus one forty in the run line. So stay away from me. Um, no real laying as I can figure. Even the first five number for the Dodgers, it's at three and a half. I'm not I'm I'm not going to lay three and a half. Um, for the first five on the Dodgers there. Next game, 105 in the East uh, in Washington, where the Nationals host the Diamondbacks. You can get the row D-backs at minus 150, the home Nats at plus 130. Total here is 8.5, just at minus 110 on both sides. For the Nationals, you get Josiah Gray, who has 6-7 innings, 3.09 ERA, 1.42 whip. Uh, a good prospect. He's only struck out 55 batters in 67 innings, and which is which is a little surprising uh, given his stuff. But he's also walked 33 batters, which is way too many. That's why his ERA is just under one and a half per inning. Merrill Kelly, on the other hand, has had a very good year: 70 and two thirds innings, 2.8 ERA, 1.08 WHIP, 77 strikeouts. I never really thought of, or I don't really think of him, and he hasn't really been a strikeout 
um, kind of pitcher, but he's averaging more than one strikeout per inning. So good year for him. But at minus 150 on the money line, I can't really back the D-backs at plus 110 on the run line. Maybe I have a lean there, um, but, you know, the D-backs just surprised me. That I, uh, I think they stand first in the West, in the, in the NL West right now. Having a good year, a lot of good prospects. Their pitches have been doing well. Um, I just don't think I can back them on a sh- pretty sh- uh, small run line of only plus 110. I like them to win. Don't like them at minus 150. Don't necessarily like them at plus 110. If, if I was getting plus 120, plus 125 in the run line, maybe, or if I was getting a minus 125, 130 in the money line, I would look there as well. So, you know, stay away from me. Next game, 210 in the East, we travel to Milwaukee, where the Brewers are facing the Baltimore Orioles. You can get the Road Orioles as the favorite at minus 120, the home Brewers at plus 100. Total here is nine, just the under at minus 115. So, obviously, money coming in on the under. And not really on this game, I'm seeing a lot of money coming in on the Orioles. Uh, opened at minus 110. It's up to minus 120. Uh, 58% of the bets, but 89% of the money is coming in on, on coming in on the O's. Kyle Bradish starts for Baltimore. 48 innings, 4.13 ERA, 1.35 WHIP. Uh, decent prospect, decent numbers. The the Orioles' bats have slowed down recently, and they're on the road, which I can't really back or don't really want to back. And Colin Ray uh, for Milwaukee has all, has definitely struggled. 47 and third innings, 4.9 ERA, 1.27 whip. Um, he is, when I pull up his game, sorry, pull up his game logs, he has not done well. Um, well, his numbers on the year aren't that strong, and he hasn't really done that well lately. His last game at Cincinnati, five innings, uh, six is three earned runs, but it's at Cincinnati. Before that, against the Giants, the Giants have been hitting well though. Uh, at home, six innings, uh, five hits, four earned runs. Part of that against Houston, a good outing, five and a third innings, four hits, no earned runs. Before that, three and two thirds against Kansas City, six hits, four earned runs. The interesting thing, so he pitched well against Houston. He didn't pitch well against Kansas City, San Francisco, Cincinnati. The interesting thing is. Milwaukee's 4-0 in those games. Um, read that as you may. What does that mean? doesn't really mean anything. He didn't pitch well. Uh, they managed to come back and get a win. So I'm not really sure which way to go here. I don't necessarily want to back Kyle Bradish. I think he's a decent prospect, um, but his numbers don't give me a lot of confidence. And his recent numbers, he's been doing well lately. Uh, lost last game to San Francisco, where he pitched four innings, seven hits, three earned runs. They lost four nothing. Prior to that, against Texas, a very good offense, pitched six and two thirds, four hits, one earned run, and they won three two. Before that, against the Yankees, obviously good offense, five innings, seven hits, four earned runs. Before that, against the Angels, six and two thirds, just give up one earned run. Uh, against Pitt, Pittsburgh, before that, six innings, uh, three hits, no earned runs. So he's been. Um, I don't want to say hot and cold, but kind of inconsistent. And at minus 120 on the road, um, it's probably the way to go. If anything, I'm going to lean to the O's and lean to Bradish. Uh, you can get them on the run line at 
plus 140. It's a nice price, but not really sure I want to back them by winning by two runs. So, again, another stay away from me. This is a tough card, I think, today. Uh, and sometimes when you're wagering uh, in any sport, but especially in baseball, if you don't see any value, you don't see anything you like, just don't force it. I mean, baseball averages 10 games a night uh, over uh, over seven, seven nights a week or seven days of the week. And sometimes you'll see a card and there's nothing there for you. And it's kind of, I've got a few props coming up, but I don't really have any signs or totals I really like. It's just To me, this is just a tough card uh, or a tough slate and not a lot of value that I can find. So sometimes the best thing to do is just keep, keep that uh, wallet in your pocket and don't lay any money on games you don't like. Next game, 310 in the East. We are in Colorado. And the Giants continue their series there. You can get the Road Giants at minus 190 on the money line. The home Rockies at plus 180. Total here is 11.5. Juice to be over at minus 120. Alex Cobb is on the hill for the Giants. Comes in 6'9", two-thirds innings, 2.71 ERA, 1.32 whip. Having a good year. Um, walking a little too much. 18 batters in 69 and two-thirds innings. But also giving up a little too many hits. So that 1.32 whip is not... Uh, all that impressive. Chase Anderson comes in for Colorado, 15 two-thirds, 1.72 area, 1.09 whip. Can't really read anything that. Um, Colorado's struggling uh, at home lately, and the Giants have been hitting really well. Uh, surprising me, even as a fan of the Giants, surprising me how, how well they're hitting, but I can't lay minus 190. The run line for the Giants, uh, minus 125. Absolutely cannot lay that. If anything, the Rockies run line, which is plus one and a half, is at plus 105. So as long as they lose, they can lose by one or less, um, you're still going to cover in that. So if anything, that may be some value. I just don't trust Chase Anderson, and especially in Colorado. Stay away from me. Next game. This game was canceled last uh, night because of the... Um, the smoke, basically, the air the uh, air quality in New York. The White Sox and the Yankees play a first game of a doubleheader. Uh, for the what for the Yankees, you can get them at minus 165 on the money line. The road White Sox at plus 140. Total here is eight, minus 110 on both sides. And you get Lance Lynn going for Chicago. 67 and a third innings, 6.55 ERA. Yikes. 1.51 whip. Uh, double yikes. He's got 26 walks in 67 third innings, but he's just given up way too many hits. But he also has 76 strikeouts. So he's been coming around lately, and I was actually on Lynn uh, before this game was canceled on Wednesday. Different pit pitching matchup. He's not going against Luis Severino um, for the Yankees. So I, I was actually on the White Sox, and I think he's about plus 120. Uh, here at plus 140, I'm debating it, but I don't think I'm going to be on it. Severino comes in just 15 to 30 innings, 5.28 ERA, 1.24 whip. Hard to get a gauge on what he's doing. But um, the thing is, the Yankees lineup is decimated. With um, with Judge out, you know, today they had Luis, uh, not Luis, sorry, um, Josh Donaldson hitting cleanup. Um, and the bottom four of their order, 
Oscar Volpe, who I think they had hitting fifth, uh, was really quite weak. And I think they'll roll that out again. So I'm not on this game because I, I, I think Severino can slow down Chicago. Chicago's been brutal, brutal all year, brutal against righties. Uh, I think Severino can keep this game close. And Lance Lynn has just been a ticking time bomb. I have him on my fantasy team. I drafted him as somebody I thought would bounce back. I mean, last year he had a really bad April and May, and then he was fantastic the rest of the year. So I'm still hoping that happens, but it's not looking like it's going to. So I can't really back Lynn here, especially going against Severino. And don't want to wait, lay the minus 165 of the Yankees. On the run line, the Yankees are uh, plus 130. Don't want to lay that either because I think Severino can give a few runs as bad as Chicago's offense is. And if I'm wrong on Lynn, he could certainly stymie the Yankees lineup, especially with you had Donaldson, who is well past his prime, hitting cleanup. And then there, uh, I, don't, I don't actually have it up. I had it up. Um, Maybe I can find it. I, I had it up uh, yesterday, and I just looked at their lineup, and their six through nine batters were brutal. Not well, I'd say brutal, but you know, not something that would be scaring a lot of people. Here we go. Here we go. Where are the Yankees games? Yankees, Yankees. Yeah. So Donaldson is fourth. Uh, Volpe's Volpe's fifth. Kind of hot and cold. Then they go Willie Calhoun. Isaiah Kainafalafa, Jose Torino, and Jake Bowers. I'm not really sure that lineup's going to hit against anybody. So with Lance Lynn on the bump, I think you can. I think you can style them. Can you get over some strikeouts? Maybe. Um, but against Severino, I'm going to stay away. I'm going to hit on them in the next game of the doubleheader, but we'll get to that in a minute. Next game. 6 p.m. in the East, we have the Tigers in Philly to face Zach Wheeler and the Phillies. The Phillies come in minus 250 on the run line. Pardon me, the money line. Tigers plus 210. Total here is 7.5. Sacked in juice to the over. So obviously money's at minus 120. Money's obviously coming in the over. And I think that has to do with Tyler Holden starting for Detroit, the lefty. 31 innings, 2.32 ERA, 0.94 whip. Uh, I'm pretty sure Tyler's going to be just an opener. And then we get to a pretty mediocre Tigers bullpen after that. Not just a, when you go to a bullpen game, it's not a matter of who the end of the game, uh, end of the roster bullpen is. It's a full bullpen. Not really sure they'll be able to shut down uh, Philadelphia. Zach Wheeler on the other side, 68 and two thirds innings. 4.33 ERA, 1.21 whip, but 79 strikeouts. So he's been doing his usual Zach Wheeler missing the bat kind of thing. Again, though, just not in this game. I'm not laying 250 with Philly. I'm not laying 250 with anybody. Uh, on the run line, they're still minus 125, and they're at home. Total here is 7.5. If anything, I would look. So total 7.5. Philly's run line, so they have to win by two, is minus 125. The Tigers' run line at plus 105, uh, sorry, plus one and a half, is plus 105. So if the Tigers lose by one, um, they still cover that. If they lose by two or more, they don't. So there might be some value there. We just don't know who Tyler Holton is. So, again, 
stay away. I'm not really sure which way this game is going to go. The next game, uh, trying to pull up. We There we go. The second half of the doubleheader is the White Sox against the Yankees. And we've got Mike Clevenger on the bump for the White Sox and Randy Vasquez on the bump for the Yanks. So the Yankees come in at minus 140 and the White Sox at plus 120. And I'm actually on this game with the White Sox at plus 120. Uh, Clevenger's been hot and cold. Pitched well last game against Detroit, five innings. Three hits, no run runs, a walk, and six strikeouts. Before that against Cleveland, six innings, six hits, two run runs, four walks, and five strikeouts. So not good offenses. Prior to that against Kansas City, six innings, three hits, three run runs. At Cincinnati, six hits, uh, six innings, six hits, four run runs. Prior to that uh, against Tampa, five innings, seven hits, two run runs. So a good out in there, a walk, and eight strikeouts. Again, they won 12-9. Point is, point being, is I think Clevenger, uh, he's been struggling this year, but I think he has ability to keep the Yankees. And again, that lineup, if they're going with the second game of a doubleheader, so Donaldson's probably not going to play. He's probably not going to go back to back. So look at their lineup here um, for the Yankees. If Aaron Judge out, you're going to a doubleheader. Gleyber Torres is, is a hit and lead off. He could play both games. Uh, Stanton, come back off an injury, he's hitting number two. He's probably not playing both games. Rizzo, uh, coming off of, not off, but missed a few games, a back injury. Uh, he's probably not playing both games. Josh Donaldson, he's probably not playing both games. Volpe, he's probably playing both games. Willie Calhoun, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Jose Trevino, and Jacob Bowers. They could probably, uh, probably not Trevino as a catcher, but Calhoun, Kiner-Falefa, and Bowers could probably play both games in double header. And they don't really scare me. So you take out Stanton, you take out Rizzo, you take out Donaldson. Who's, who, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not really sure where that lineup's going to be. LeMahieu's going back in there. Sure. Uh, he'll be a good, a good addition. But other than that, it could be an ugly lineup. Uh, and I think Clevenger has the ability to shut them down. Not, not shut them down, but, but, but pitch decently. Randy Vasquez comes in uh, four and two-thirds innings, so his numbers are kind of irrelevant. Going against a White Sox lineup that has been struggling, but in game two of a doubleheader, I just think Clevenger is a better pitcher than Vasquez. The White Sox lineup is not better than the Yankees, but taking Judge out and taking all their veterans out for game two Putting LeMahieu back in, I think I like Chicago better in game two. So that is one game I am on. Going to grab, uh, where did I get the White Sox? A plus 130 on uh, the score bet. Plus 120 on DraftKings. I would take him there. Plus 120 on FanDuel. I think I would take him there as well. Next game. In Toronto, the Astros continue their series against the Jays. Trying to pull this game up here. There we go. And I'm on a couple of props in this game. Uh, Framber Valdez starts for the Strohs, and Jose Barrios starts for the Jays. You can get the road Strohs at minus 125. And the home Blue Jays at plus 105. Total is 8.5. Juice to the under at minus 115. So obviously money's coming in on the under. 
Uh, Valdez, 79 innings, 2.16 ERA, 84 strikeouts, 1.03 whip. So over a strikeout and inning, and uh, that's the problem I'm going to get to in a second. Barrios, on the other hand, 71 and a third innings, 3.66 ERA, 1.25 whip, and 68 strikeouts, so just under a strikeout per inning. And I'm on the strikeout props for both these pitchers. I'm on Valdez over five and a half strikeouts. That's at plus 130 on DraftKings. And I'm on Barrios over four and a half strikeouts. That's at minus 120 on DraftKings. And why? The number one team in strikeouts per nine innings in Major League Baseball is Houston, 9.67. So they're striking out over once per inning. Number two team, Toronto, 9.61. So both teams are striking out over once once an inning. And I think um, both these pitchers, Valdez has to go basically, you know, if it's once if it's if it's a strikeout in an inning and his prop is five and a half, he needs to get to um where are we here? He needs to get to about five or six innings, which I which I think he can definitely do. When I pull up his uh sorry. When I pull up his stats for the year, the Strills let him go deeper in games. And I think he can definitely get to five or six innings, strike out an inning. He cashes this prop. In his last number of games, he's went uh, against Angels, seven innings, uh, 92 pitches. Six innings against Oakland, 95 pitches. Nine innings complete game against Oakland, 104 pitches. Part of that, just four innings, uh, 91 pitches against the Cubbies. Eight innings against uh, uh, the Angels. Six innings against San Francisco before that. So uh, when I look at, you know, in his last, he went seven innings, six, nine, four, eight, six, seven, seven, six, seven, seven. Point is, the Strohs are letting him go six to seven innings. If he can get there, strike out an inning, he cashes his five and a half um, uh, strikeout prop. Barrios, on the other hand, started out, continued his incredibly ugly 2022 season to start the year, but he seems to have righted the ship uh, a fair bit recently. And I don't know that he's going to shut the Strohs down, but as long as he doesn't get blown up. So in his last few games, he went six innings, six strikeouts five, uh, against the Mets, five and two-thirds against uh, Minnesota, five strikeouts, seven innings, five strikeouts against the Tampa very good offense. Six and two-thirds against the Yankees, very good offense. Eight strikeouts. Prior to that, uh, five and two-thirds against Atlanta, just three strikeouts, which is odd because they're, they're a uh, good strikeout team. But before that, six and third against Pitt, seven strikeouts. So he's getting that strikeout in inning, and Houston strikes out a lot. So again, if he can get to four and a half Ks he needs, if he can get through five innings, I think he should be able to get there. So uh, I I know it's not a perfect linear uh, measurement kind of thing, but both these guys are kind of striking out batter inning. They can both get into the fifth inning. I think they can hit these props um, because both teams, Atlanta's, uh, Houston's the number one strikeout team in baseball, and the Jays are number two. So I think they should be able to get these. We will see. Next game in. Um, Third last game of the night, seven ten in the East. The Guardians of Cleveland face the Red Sox. 
The Guardians at home are minus 115. The Rogue Red Sox minus 105. Total here is 8.5. Juice minus 110 on either side. And Matt Dermody pitches for Boston. The lefty, his first game of the year. He's pitched a few innings in the majors. No idea what to expect. Pretty sure this is an opener. And going to be an opener, so no real angle there. Aaron Savali pitches for the Guardians. Just 17 two-thirds innings, 2.04 ERA, 1.08 whip. Pitched well in his last game back from injury. Hadn't pitched since April. And uh, I kind of like the Guardians, but at minus 115, not really sure going to back that. Um, I don't really trust Savali, to be honest with you, all that well. I mean, he's pitched well. We have no idea who Dermody is. We have no idea what the bullpen game is going to be. So just too many question marks. And oftentimes when I look at games like this and have question marks, I just move on. Easiest way to do it. Next game, which is definitely the pitching matchup of the night. Excuse me. uh, In Atlanta, where the Mets are in town. And we have Spencer Strider and the Braves at minus 175. You have Justin Verlander and the Mets at plus 150. Tolliers, 8.5. Juicy over uh, at minus 115. Strider comes in 6'9 to two-thirds innings, 2.97 ERA, 1.00 whip. Verlander, on the other hand, comes in 36 innings, 4.25 ERA, uh, and a 1.14 whip. My angle here is I like Verlander. Over five and a half Ks. Uh, mostly because I think, well, Houston and Toronto are the number one and two strikeout teams in Major League Baseball per nine. Guess who's number three? Atlanta at 9.58. So 9.6 strikeouts per game. I think Verlander uh, has the ability to go five, six, seven innings. And again, if he's striking out one batter per inning, and the way Atlanta strikes out, I think he can get there. Um, if he gets rocked early, it's going to be a bit of a problem, but I think he has the ability to um, pitch not deep into the game, so not really let him in, letting him go all that deep, but I think he has the ability to uh, get through five or six, and if he does, the way the Braves swing and miss, I think he will do all right. In his last few outings, uh, six innings against Toronto, five hits, one earned run, eight strikeouts. Before that, at Colorado, hard to really measure, five innings, nine hits, six earned runs, just two strikeouts. Before that, versus Cleveland, a team doesn't strike out a lot, eight innings, three hits, one earned run, so great effort, and five strikeouts. But they don't tend to strike out a whole lot. So, um, he's coming back. From injury, uh, only pitched, uh, what, two, four, six, six games this year. And Atlanta strikes out a ton. So it's it's really more of a, well, it's probably 60% Atlanta uh, strikeout ability and 40% Verlander, smart veteran experienced pitcher who can work his way deep into games and allow himself to get that strikeout total. Last game of the night is in L.A., where Reed Detmers starts for the Angels, and they're minus 135 in the money line, and Drew Smiley plus 115 in the money line. Total here is 9, just minus 110 on both sides. Uh, the battle of the lefties. And Reed Detmers has actually pitched well. His peripherals show he's 
pitch better than his numbers, but he's 0-5. And I know we're not allowed to, as I said before, talk about win-loss record because that's irrelevant in today's baseball. But he hasn't won a game. 15 two-thirds innings, 5.15 ERA, 1.54 whip. He's got 21 walks, striking out too many guys, but 60 strikeouts in 50 and two-thirds innings. Uh, so he's been pitching decent. He hasn't got the breaks, and I think uh, he's in for some positive regression. Drew Smiley, on the other hand, has had a pretty good uh, season, five and three in the uh, win-loss record, sixty-five and two-thirds innings, three point five six ERA, and a one point one one WHIP. Um, I like the Angels to win, maybe at minus one thirty-five. If this comes down more to minus one twenty-five, if it got to minus one twenty, I'd probably be on it. The run line is at plus 140. They cover the run line for me tonight. Not really sure they can do that again. Uh, That's a big number to lay for the home team. So stay away from me. And another game, I just don't know which way to go. So not on a lot tonight. I've got the Cubs and, uh, sorry, the White Sox in the second game of the doubleheader on the money line, plus 130. I've got some pitching Strikeout props, Valdez and Berrios uh, over their number in the same game, and Verlander over five and a half. Basically, I'm targeting the top three teams in strikeouts in Major League Baseball, and the pitchers going against them who all have the ability to strike out batters. So, hopefully, enjoyed the show. Um, Going to be an interesting game for the NBA in a couple nights. Going to be, I think, a great hockey game tonight. Uh, I'm leaving Vegas, but I think it's going to be a good game. I, I can see it being a low-scoring game, but it's going to be a good game. Give me Vegas a plus money. I think it will take the Knights. And not a lot of action in the games, but more so just a night of props in Major League Baseball. So hopefully you can make some money. Hopefully we can all make some money. And hopefully we can have a good day in sports betting. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.